Jim Turbert, the host of Feel Free to Deviate. Normally, I say that Feel Free to Deviate is the podcast about people, their careers, and their relationships with success. But today, it's a sort of rambling and lightly focused discussion of a film that many people consider inspirational for career, success, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. This time around, you will be listening to me speak with my friend Florian Schroif about the 2006 film The Pursuit of Happiness. That's happiness misspelled with a Y. The film stars Will and Jaden Smith and is directed by Gabriele Muccino. This isn't a full-scale film review or an in-depth discussion of the pros and cons of late-stage capitalism. I'm not equipped for that discussion. It's more like a conversation starter, I think. I'm not going to explain my motives here because then you'll have to listen to me say it again once the episode starts. So just keep listening. Give it a chance. I didn't outline the episode, so it takes us a second to get rolling, but I, I think it's pretty cool. I had fun at least. Please note that there's a little bit more profanity than normal in this episode, so if you're sensitive to that, you have been warned. It isn't gratuitous, but there are a few dicks, several shits, and I drop, I think, two F-bombs to great effect. They have not been beeped. Also note that our conversation is a gigantic spoiler, and I don't even feel bad about it because the movie is old. My guest Florian is a web developer. He's also a friend who watches a lot of films. We don't actually talk about his career, which is a first for Feel Free to Deviate. And I hope you like it. I mean, I'm still going to talk about careers going forward, but this episode is a deviation from the norm. It's in the title, so it's okay. Without further ado, here is the episode. I have a friend who's a professional broadcaster who works at the NDR, Northern German Broadcasting Company. And he can switch to broadcaster voice. He has this broadcaster voice. He talks normally and then he switches over and he's like, <laughs> it's really weird. He probably wakes up every morning and does exercises. It is a beautiful morning outside. Me, me, mama, moo. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> like Ron Burgundy in the beginning of... Uh, I am not very familiar with Anchorman lore. It's funny. But I can't tell if it's something that you would enjoy. I've seen it. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Kind of. I like it, but Marlene hates it. I feel like Europeans might hate it. It's very uh, absurdist. There's a lot of ab absurdity. Yeah, and of course the guy, uh, Wilfred, has the cultural cachet of being an SNL alum. He does. And I also think he has, I, I think he has genuine moments of genius. He he gets by on being Will Ferrell. Yeah. But he also has like his, his um, George Bush imitations. I, I, they were amazing. They stretched it a out a little bit too long, but yeah, for a while it was pure gold. But in, in Anchorman specifically, there's this one scene where he's running down the street. It's really hot and he's drinking milk <laughs> it's like it's so hot <laughs> milk was bad choice <laughs> that's good but that's we're not talking about ron burgundy today today we're talking about a movie the internet inspired me to re-watch before we talk about the movie could you uh please introduce yourself hi my name is florian i am a friend of jim's <laughs> i told my kids that i was going to your basement to record a podcast and my kids asked why did he want to interview you? <laughs> and I, I kind of have the same question, but I, I don't really feel like this is an interview, although I would like to do an interview at some point. 
if you know if you're up for it. But I I, I was thinking that we could try something a little bit different today. Yeah. And I had this idea about how people are are programmed with with ideas of success. And I, I know that you don't regularly listen to the show, but we talk about schools and we talk about guidance counselors and sometimes uh, societal pressures or whatever, or expectations that people have for young people, for students, for their children. And that made me think about movies because movies are part of the machine. TV is part of the machine. So I, I, I did a, a Google search on, on uh, success movies, mm-hmm. inspirational movies. Like there are a lot of them. Surprise, surprise. There, there, but there are about a, yeah, there are a lot. And m- most of them I've never heard of before. Maybe other people know who Johannes Larson is, or maybe some other people look at planetofsuccess.com. Maybe some people look at wealthygorilla.com. What are these? They're just websites that have lists. I mean, I'm sure that they have other material Wealthy as well. com. I, I don't know who the target audience is, and I, and I really don't care. The point was that they have a list about these movies. It's I, I guess it's just like they're trying to get clicks like anybody else. And you thought Florian's a web developer, so I'm going <laughs> to ask him to talk about a Will Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. I noticed that this movie was was pretty much on all of the lists. It was number one on a lot of the lists, and um, so yeah. So I thought, okay, well, why don't why don't we talk about this? It, I, I I mean, you you just watched the movie for the first time. Do do you think it was a terrible movie? No, it wasn't terrible. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think that it's a pretty good movie. I think that the script is good, and I understand why people like it, and I understand why people are inspired by it. But I want to look at it through the lens, not specifically reviewing the movie, but look through a critical lens of what exactly this inspiration is. What are they telling us? What are they trying to sell us in in this movie? I feel like there's at least an hour's worth of talking that we could do okay. on, on that. Yeah, I checked it out on Letterboxd. I'm on Letterboxd. Yeah. It had a 3.9 out of 5, which is very, very good for Letterboxd. Because they're super critical. Yes. Okay. People were really touched by the story. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Will Smith is a very good actor. He is. Yeah, people were largely positive about. The kid's really good, too. Yeah. He's amazing, He's a natural. Yeah, like it's like (laughs) his parents are famous actors or something. Yeah, (laughs) crazy. So, yeah, the movie is very well received, even on Snobby Snobberson's website. <laughs> you, I asked you, not because you're a web developer, because web developing has nothing to do with this, but I, I asked you for several reasons. One of them being that uh, I wanted to talk to somebody in person, live and in person, and you are a live person. This is the first time I've had someone in the basement for a while, I think. Kei Atsuki was the last one. And she was never seen afterward. No, well, I saw her once after that. Oh. I should I should drop her an email. She's a nice, nice, nice person. So I wanted to do it in person. I wanted to talk to you at some point as well, but I but I also know that you like and and watch movies. True. And I know that you generally you formulate opinions about them or are observant about certain points in movies. Whereas some people are like, I loved it. It's so good. <laughs> It made me feel nice and warm. And that's good. I mean, you're supposed to go on the the roller coaster ride with Will Smith and the poor kid. Actually, I say the poor kid, but he's like... He's he's just dealing with the situation yeah. in the most mature way. <laughs> he's the most mature one in the entire movie. Like, his list is very simple. Oh, yeah. kid, kid wants a basketball. He just wants a place to sleep. He wants to see his mom. There's some very small parts of the movie where he's... 
where he has some kind of tantrum or Will Smith gets mad at him for something. He loses Captain America he in the middle Captain of the America. He loses the American dream oh, in the so middle of the symbolic. road. <laughs> yeah, it's telling that his toy, his favorite toy was Captain America. And he was so attached to that. Yeah, it was a tense moment. There, there are a lot of cool little details like that, too. Like the, the taxi cab in one scene comes by and it has a raging bull advertisement yes. on top. I thought that was a nice touch, you know. For, yeah, the, for, the time setting was very nice. It's very nice good. And, and also, you know, it's a fighting movie. It's another, it's another movie about, a, you know, someone who's fighting literally for their livelihood. And they, yeah, they, they, it, but it's also a cinematic masterpiece, I feel like directors do stuff like that because they're like i know scorsese is good oh raging bull yeah yeah you know what i mean <laughs> they like to let you know that they know the good stuff anyway it's it's a good movie and the they they clearly put a lot of thought into it but they also all right how do i bring this i guess a brief synopsis of the film is a good idea would you like to start the synopsis? We can go back and forth, maybe. I didn't take any note. It's okay. But you I watched it yesterday. Yeah, it's fresh. So it's pretty fresh, yeah. Will Smith is a guy who I think we, we see him running around trying to sell some kind of box. Yeah, it's a, a, a bone densitometer. <laughs> yes, yes. But it, we don't know that in the beginning. But I guess he's trying to sell it to some medical professional. Yeah. And he's not having any luck with that. and. Then we, he comes home and he has a little kid. Does he pick him up from the daycare? He picks the kid up at the daycare. He has, he has, he has issues with the daycare. They spell happiness incorrectly Yeah, on the sign. With a Y. With a Y. And that's, that's how they spell it in the movie. Cause, and they watch TV. In the daycare. At the daycare. which Well, it's, uh, according to the Chinese lady, lady who runs the daycare, it's uh, history. Yeah. Because Love Boat teaches you about the Navy. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this interaction also centers around uh, money, he and the daycare lady, because she says you're late with your payments. If you want no films about the Navy, then uh, send your kid to a more expensive daycare. There you go. And then they go home and the money talk continues. Let's just say that the relationship between the child's mother and him kind of run its course. There's a lot of uh, push and pull. And as a therapist once told me, most couples fight about money. Hmm. And these guys seem to be doing a fair amount of... Uh, yeah, it's, I think she's unhappy with his position in life and the the choices he's made to support his family haven't been so successful. And he hasn't been selling his bone density scanners it seems it also seems like a very limited market. If you have like you, he, they have a garage full or a wall full of bone density scanners that yeah, they have like to unload. Like he had unload. to buy them, and he, then, yeah, and he, then to, he sells them. It's really weird. It's not like a, a Avon Cosmetics uh, yeah. thing. It's a it's a pretty weird sales model for for such a high tech piece of equipment. Yeah, I just find it odd that he cold calls doctor offices every single day all over San Francisco. It's, it seems like a really it'll be gotten scheme it's pretty dumb especially because he spends a lot of time in the film talking about how smart he is (laughs) (laughs) well also he also says this he sometimes is also really dumb like i think i think in the first third of the movie we see him bumbling around a lot and 
like running running after people who stole a bone density scanner like yes. several different people steal bone some would say that he was obsessed <laughs> and uh he dangles he like has to catch a bar train because he stiffs a, a cab driver of his fare and 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 then his bone density scanner doesn't make the door and gets smashed on the yes <laughs> on the pavement and it ends up in the hands of the recurring homeless person oh yeah who thinks it's a time machine yeah yeah he's like uh, has arrested development since the 60s well the the woman eventually she's fed up with will smith's inability to uh, uh, get that paper and uh she leaves uh, this is a part i read up about the real life guy this film is based on oh, okay nice and uh this part was very compressed in the movie it feels like this was over the course of a couple of days or something yeah and then she wants to hang out with the kid after daycare he has to through circumstances he can't pick him up from daycare but he also kind of broke it off with a with his lady and uh what's the actress's name uh Tendiwa Newton. Yeah. She was pretty good as well. She's great. She's a great she's a great actor. I I uh, very convincingly pissed off. Yeah, no. Well, exactly. I just feel like her character is very simplistic mm -hmm. and the breakup was very I mean, I understand fighting about money and everything, but it it goes from you are not earning any money and that makes me mad. It it goes to them fighting about sort of fighting about custody like he's like no chris is staying with me or the kid's name is chris or his name is chris they're anyway both named chris they're both okay the kid's staying with me and then she she i don't even know like first of all she's a medical professional of some sort she's always wearing scrubs and I, no she works <laughs> she works in a, a what's it called a, a a laundromat or something oh is that what it was yeah. i thought she, i thought it was scrubs <laughs> no she's like an industrial garment cleaning service all right yeah i guess that's different um <laughs> <laughs> but she looked very professional yeah. she, well she does she, she keeps it together I, she, also she was responsible for earning the family's income yeah the last couple of months uh that's what they were talking about yes and and while in the meanwhile he wasn't paying taxes he was getting the car towed he ends up getting arrested because of all these tickets that he hasn't paid all of these like roadblocks are very uh of short duration in the movie it's like he he has to stay a night in the cell yes but because other events have occurred this is very dramatic uh, that he has to stay one night because he has to be somewhere else the following morning. Right, because he saw a Ferrari on the street. He saw a Ferrari. And he <laughs> talked to the guy who happened to be a stockbroker. And he yeah. decided at that point... I'm going to be a stockbroker. <laughs> and then he... I want me that Ferrari. <laughs> then, I'm going to make that Rari money. And then he went to... And then he went and he got an application for a thing and he... Busted out of the application office because he saw the the, the guy. homeless guy <laughs> with a bone scar, or maybe it was the hippie chick. I don't remember. No, it, it was, was really was it the homeless. Oh guy? no, no, that was when he gave the hippie chick money to to look out for his bone density right. scanner. Right, and she ran off. She yeah, he 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 gave like a, a he told her this a is to, It's my job to sell these things, and I can't do it. So you, it's worth nothing. Impossible to sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she runs away with it anyway. Yeah. It was can't trust those hippies. It basically, yeah, it looked like a giant sewing machine. Yeah. Um, Apparently they they say it weighed forty pounds. Yeah. And he was lugging at one point two of those around the city. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to San Francisco. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like it's steep no joke. Inclines. Yeah. It, it is no joke. Yeah, this uh, this plot develops. He he really wants to do it. That's when, when he's also he's still together with his with his uh, I guess wife. Yeah, I I, get, I think they're married. I guess. Uh, and she's like, yeah, and or do you want to become an astronaut? It's like completely out of this world for, yeah, for yeah. her. Basically, she she said it was a step backwards because he was technically applying for an internship, a learning yeah, internship. Yeah, yeah, I think that's later on when it, when it becomes more realistic, but yeah. he first he formulates this dream of wanting to <laughs> become an ast- become an astronaut, become a stockbroker and for her it's, it's the same thing as if he had said yeah, that won. she that he wants to be an astronaut. But that's another part of the thing like they keep painting her as Yeah, she's not she's unsupportive. She's, exactly, she's not supporting his his whims. <laughs> and you know, it's it's fairly understandable why yeah. she's not supportive. She's she works in what I thought was a hospital, but turns out to be an industrial laundry. Well, because the guy with the Ferrari said you just have to be good with people and uh, numbers. Numbers, yeah. And he said, "I'm good with people, and I'm good with numbers." I got an A in a math test yeah. once. And he told his wife that he used to burn through math books when he was a kid. Exactly. I. Can you relate to that? Did you burn through any math books when you were a child? No way. Did... <laughs> so Sounds like a huge nerd. <laughs> they did call him 10-gallon Ned on account of his large head or his large brain. 10-gallon Yeah, remember head? The head. Why would they call him Ned? Did I say Ned? 10-gallon head because of the cowboy hats that are large cowboy hat this is uh, this i think um that was also a nice scene when there's sometimes something that the boy his son doesn't understand something and he explains it really nicely he always has a nice calm explanation for stuff that's happening and for like inside jo- adult jokes or stuff yes. like on the pursuit of happiness uh, mural there's also uh, somebody somebody sprayed a fuck graffiti. Yes. <laughs> and the boy asks, so, so why are you so mad about the mural or something? And he says, yeah, happiness, they spelled it wrong with a, with a Y instead of an I. Is fuck spelled correctly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did a pretty good job. He did. Everyone did a good job. Everyone did a great job. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. And maybe even they maybe even surpassed what they were supposed to do. That interaction and all these other types of interactions that you're talking about are good examples of them establishing what a great dad he is. Yeah. You know, like the mom ends up going to New York. So, yeah, they paint the mom as this unsupportive, really angry woman mm-hmm. who runs off to New York and all of a sudden has no interest in keeping custody of the kid. They have this weird interaction where he insinuates that she can't take care of the kid and she just kind of says, yeah. And then she's gone from the movie. Yeah, she kind of accepts that. Yeah, that was a weird scene. There must have been pressure from the studio to cut down time or something, because there are several moments in the movie where weird stuff like that happens. But but that's these types of scenes with him establishing the relationship with the kid. They work wonderfully, and it probably works even better because he's his actual child. So they already have a rapport. 
but that also drives home the Captain America scene a little bit more, you know, because it's the first first and only time you actually see him being terse mm-hmm. with the kid because he's so stressed out and so freaked out he needs to catch a bus and he drops and the child drops his favorite toy and he's like, shut up, we got to get on the bus. And the kid is freaking out and he's freaking out. And yeah, it really drives home the stress that this guy is under, but everything sort of drives home. There's a lot of stress. It's a very stressful movie to watch. And even in scenes, he's always teetering on the edge of complete bankruptcy and living on the street full time. Yes. And the world that he wants to enter, the stockbrokering firm he wants to, or what is he selling some some, uh, retirement funds? Funds, yeah. Something. That's a completely removed world. He also, yeah, the first time he's in front of the in front of the building he looks around and sees all these people with smiling faces and everybody and looks, looks so, so happy. happy and there's a scene later on when he's in line with his son to get into the into the uh, uh, homeless shelter yeah into the homeless shelter and there there's a, just a, a convertible driving by with four smiling assholes <laughs> rich dicks <laughs> <laughs> driving yeah. by the line but they're not interacting with the line they don't even it doesn't they're even complete, register. They're completely oblivious exactly. to the line. It's, it's much like all the the guys from the the firm who are constantly borrowing money yeah. from him. He's just like, just give me five. He's like, you don't understand, man. <laughs> exactly. Like five bucks means the world to me. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. He gets back those five, but he doesn't. He has to pay cab fare at one point, and like I yeah. think I already mentioned that he, he has he runs away because There's a chase he scene. He can't pay the seventeen dollars eighty five cents for the for the cab fare. He's he hustles he hustles all the time yeah and he's on on the verge of bankruptcy he, this internship takes thirty days they tell him and when he goes in for the what's it called sollicitationsgespräch uh, yeah the job interview like yeah the, he goes in for the job interview he just spent a night in a prison cell and he's full of paint because he had to paint his apartment to stave off being evicted for another week. Uh, so he's wearing shitty clothes. He's probably smelly because he spent a night in the cell. Yeah. And then he looks he, like a hobo, basically. He still goes there and he, he charms the socks of these rich uh, guys, guys, powerful dudes. Masters of the universe, if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> he He gets the internship, but that means that he's on the hook for 30 more days before he gets any money at all. And he has, still has to hustle and... To try to keep a roof over him and his son's head yeah and uh, get something to eat and stuff and yeah it's very it's all yeah very stressful and and there's some scenes that aren't even meant to be stressful but then when you view them th- through real world knowledge lens mm-hmm. it becomes also becomes stressful they're on a playground and it's just a moment of 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 respite for the kid is playing yeah and then Will Smith sees the or Chris Gardner he sees the the, the, ho- machine. the hobo with the <laughs> with the time machine running by in the background and he tells his kid stay there and I was like oh jeez I hope the kid doesn't fall and smash out a teeth or a tooth or something or break a bone or something because then then he has to choose do I want to uh, medical care for my kid or do I want to keep this job do I want to Oh yeah, and there's 30 other applicants or something, 20 other applicants, and only one gets the job. So it's a, it's a very highly competitive. Yeah, basically through the whole thing, they're telling you that what he's trying to do is impossible. Exactly, like literally, they're telling you that it's impossible. Of course, they make a movie about this guy because he succeeded in in doing. This. He did. 
Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, right. The movie's been out since 2006. I think it's it's okay that we can mention it. He gets the job at the end, guys. He does. Um, he does. And that's, and that's kind of the thing. They do a, a fantastic job of illustrating the struggle. The scarcity. The scarcity. You know, dealing with police. Like, the day he got arrested, he went in there, and they're like, you wrote us a check. We can't let you go until the check clears. So that's why he's in jail overnight. He's freaked out because of his kid. He's freaked out because of the money. He's freaked out because he knows that he has an appointment first thing in the morning. When he finally gets home, like Ronald Reagan is on the TV talking about like the economy. Ronnie's the king of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah, and, and it's just like they're really painting a picture of the time, like the obsession with the Rubik's Cube and, and how like the Rubik's solving the Rubik's Cube is like his key into the world the finance it's like his that's how he gets his invitation and everybody's saying solving the rubik's cube is, is impossible. impossible and he does it he he achieves the impossible in a cab in two minutes <laughs> yeah i read that will smith actually learned solving a rubik's cube in two minutes for this movie just for the movie yeah but also like how he's doing this and in, in, in during the ride he tells the cab he's like you can go a little bit slower <laughs> which i thought was a nice touch but that's will smith he's he's a charismatic and handsome man the internship is hard. The commute is brutal. And this and the thing is, like, they're showing these things. This is stuff that people actually have to go through. Catching multiple buses, picking up kids, going from location to location, working several jobs, having all these these responsibilities in different areas of, of town. Also, the precarity of loop, being able to lose your uh, your house. Exactly. Like, the, like the, just how razor thin the line is for some people. whereas he's trying to get into this world where people drive Ferraris and, and willy nilly ask people for five bucks. Cause what's five bucks. You know, he, he goes into detail talking about his work hacks, how he stopped drinking. So he didn't have to go to the bathroom so he could spend more time on the phone. Great way to get a kidney stone. It's a terrible way to live and work. He talked yes. about how he, he stopped hanging up the phone because it ends up saving him eight minutes per day. Yes. It's, it's all of it makes you or makes me i don't know i don't know what makes you but it makes me question the system that requires these types of hacks exactly <laughs> that's what that's why we're talking about this because he like he he wants the ferrari yeah and then he goes like and the guy at the internship is saying the last pe the last group there was a guy in the last group who scored 96 percent on the exam and he didn't get the internship like they keep telling you this is impossible and this guy's got all the cards stacked against him. They're trying to sell you that if you just put your nose to the grindstone, you mm -hmm. can accomplish anything. No, I think because of the the knowledge of the people who see the movie, it's more of a you're not applying yourself hard enough because you haven't reached success yet. You're still uh, grinding away in your in your dead end job. Why aren't you like, why aren't you being more like Will Smith? Why aren't you applying yourself more? Why aren't you hustling harder? I think that it's just part of a machine that sells this dream to people, all people, the American dream, Captain America, what have you, where anyone can be anything that they want. And while that's technically, there's a grain of truth in there, they might acknowledge that it's nearly impossible, but it's not impossible. So then you have... This guy, Chris Gardner, who is clearly exceptional, is able to deal with all of this hardship and win the internship. 
And not be a dick to his son. And be a perfect dad, a nearly perfect dad who only yells at his kid once. And he's supposed to be the example for everybody. And then everybody's like, okay, so I'm going to go and work like a dog. I'm going to stop peeing at work. <laughs> because if I just do this, then I can be like this guy in the movie. I can get the Ferrari. I can sell my firm for a million dollars. I can be the success story. And I'm just wondering... Fucking fuck the Ferrari is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know if, if the Chris Chris Gardner's uh, or in the film if his motivation was really to get the Ferrari, but no, but it's it's a symbol. It's a symbol wants, of a certain level of success. He wants a, a carefree life, and I think his his drive is creating a better living circumstances for his son, who he loves so much. I think it, in this case, it's not so egoistical but the system that you describe that's it's true it uh, and this is definitely part of a propaganda machine that is, so is pushing that sort of thing like look at the other other movies on these lists are like like rocky like think about rocky <laughs> great film i love rocky but like they're just picking some schmo boxer out of nowhere and, you know he trains real hard and he almost beats the champion of the world like that's crazy so to uh, be able to sell the stream, if you like galaxy brain some more, uh -huh. <laughs> to be able to to sell the stream, you need a downtrodden people. Because if everybody was happy and successful, you wouldn't be able to sell the stream because everybody would already have achieved it. So it's in the Masters of the Universe best interest to sell this as the key to success. Yeah. And also it's important to have people to sell this to. So. <laughs> otherwise you don't have a business model at a lot of points in the film i was thinking it's so sad that he has to do all of this shit alone that he has to do no support network nothing and a lot but that's the case for a lot of people it's like and a lot of people aren't super handsome charismatic yeah brainiacs that's the thing there's some support i guess he doesn't pay he didn't doesn't pay on time for the for the daycare and the lady still takes his kid he does she does so there's some support and he when they don't have a house anymore and when they got kicked out of their motel they can go into the homeless shelter mm -hmm. there's some support there but it's all so precarious and yeah yeah a, a damocles sword is is hanging above his head all the time and it reminds me did you watch that show made no all right there's a show made on netflix uh last year i guess maybe two years ago is it about the mob? No, it's about a maid. Oh. <laughs> it's about a, a, a single mom and her relationship with her bipolar mother and her abusive man friend and her child and her dependence on others and her lack of agency. It's super stressful. And one of the things that they do is they constant, like they constantly have a tally of her finances in, in the corner. So she is a maid, you know, she makes like 20 bucks at a job and then they go into, she has to buy 15 bucks of gas. You know, the kid needs school lunch, but, and then, so she's constantly going up and down, up and down. She's mostly in the negatives and just watching those numbers is insanely stressful. And this is a similar, it's a similar vibe. It's a really effective way to illustrate the struggle. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great. I just my my issue is what are they trying to sell me and what like 
the way that they go about it and then they code it with some saccharine little nuggets like i mentioned before the church scene mm-hmm. like they're they're in the church and all of a sudden like he's hugging his kid and there's wonderful church choir singing and like you don't hear anything about church choirs or jesus or anything for the whole movie and then for this 30 second clip they're in church and it's when when, when everything starts to turn around things are starting to get better the Lord is helping him. So you got to believe, you got to buy into the system, you got to stop peeing at work. <laughs> yeah. And then you can get ahead. I, never mind the Ferrari. Then you can just, then, yeah. It's like the the uh, baseline gets moved. It's like the basic expectations get higher and higher. Like yeah. What you can, no privacy. Uh, it's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. <laughs> I I just it, it I find it troublesome, and as good as the movie is, it makes me think about what they're trying to sell us. They are trying to sell <laughs> us, and I guess it's not you're you're German. Maybe it's not the same. Yeah, Eva was watching it with me, and she said she like halfway through the movie, she was like, "I really hate America." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. It's, that and that's what i'm wondering why why don't more people see that aspect of the movie like why is this a thing why is this happening like why is this the story why is this story even necessary yeah he, you know basically they're saying he's the best and that's why he succeeded like if you're not the best then you can go fuck off <laughs> yeah it's uh it's like a movie about somebody winning the lottery except in this case the lottery is charisma and brains yeah. Also, if if his kids had slipped and and broke a bone, or if he sure. he got seriously sick or something, yeah. it's it's just one more setback and he's out. And some people actually have those setbacks. Exactly. Like a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> people way worse off than this guy. This guy had it bad. Like yeah. worse than anybody I know. And there are people that are way worse off than him. Yeah, but he had some kind of. Uh, it's factor because he was he's will smith <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean he's a he's a real guy this yeah of course guy is it's a real story i guess but he, he must was. have some sort of will smith power if he was able to convince that group of crazy white guys to give him the internship yeah, he's he must be really charming yeah he has he has something i mean he was first in his class of 12 after all <laughs> yeah and also some course at the navy yeah yeah the radar class yeah anyway I mean, yeah, this is the, of course, it's it's like a rags to riches story. Yeah. It has been told often before. And it's, he's, he's with, with his gumption and his stick-to-itiveness. Pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he becomes uh, a rich dick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but he's that, probably, he's probably. He probably uh, is a, a nice guy. guy. And they really, they portrayed every single rich white guy in this movie as being nice yeah they were already sympathetic even the the cops who arrested him they were also nice we can't let you go they were the worst ones but they were not they weren't abusive they weren't like or anything. yeah they weren't abusive no and i it I, seemed a bit uh fairy ish to me also if, if some guy some rando popped up at my house in the in in in, in some awesome neighborhood yeah san francisco <laughs> I would be kind of creeped out. He he went to the house of this guy that he missed an appointment with so he could sell him a retirement fund or something, like un, unannounced. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a scene that sh- that shows his integrity and his work ethic because he missed the appointment and he's so heartbroken by that that he has to 
stalk the guy and find his home. I don't know how he found his home, but and then he tells him that it, it really internet. it means so much to him that that he spent time waiting and uh, that's another thing. I'm glad you brought it up. He keeps apologizing to everybody and and doing every single little dumb thing that everybody asks. He's constantly getting coffee. I mean, maybe the other guys were getting coffee too, but it seemed to me like they made it look in the film like he was being singled out by the by, by the drill instructor. <laughs> he was moving cars. He was getting coffee. He was getting donuts. Always oh, at the worst time. What do you think? Which scene is is the rock bottom scene? Oof, that's a good one. Um, I felt it was the cave scene when they have to sleep in a men's lavatory in the BART station because they don't have a home anymore and they just need a space where the kid can sleep. I've never been in one of those bathrooms, but I imagine that the one in the movie was way nicer than reality. I mean, it's the 80s, right? It's 1980 or 81 or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, Ra probably, Reagan was there. It's so. probably just been built. Yeah. <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> it's fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Lots of, lots of paper towels on the floor. I don't want to know how it looks now, 40 years later. Oh, I'm sure it looks like a shithole, <laughs> dare I say. <laughs> Maybe this is reaching. As far as I could tell, he was the only black guy in this internship. There was an Asian lady that was in the picture, but she was drinking water when he was saying that he isn't drinking water anymore. <laughs> she uh, was in the background sipping water. And uh, <laughs> she was there for to show. Not grinding hard enough, <laughs> drinking water. What a what a slacker. That's privilege, right? There. <laughs> that's that's privilege. But he and of course the the phrase life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness comes from the what, the Declaration of Independence, written by Thomas Jefferson, Will Smith was, or Chris Gardner was musing about the the meaning of the phrase uh, "pursuit of happiness." Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, how did he know back then that it, he could?" He had to. He had to add the word "pursuit." Exactly. You can you can guarantee the pursuit, but you cannot guarantee the happiness or right. something like that. Yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah. That's maybe, the hard part. Maybe, maybe, but you can chase it. <laughs> you, and that's what he does. Like they, they, he breaks it down into chapters and you know, he calls them running or the internship and this and that and the other thing. And then the final chapter, when he's about to get the internship, he calls it happiness. Is it happiness though? Like, so he's tortured himself and he's gone all this way. So he can do like this seemingly horrific, like it sounds, seems like a terrible job. He's, he is a, he's a hustler though. He likes doing it. Maybe he likes doing it. He's, or does he just like the reward? for that. No, I know. I, I think he really liked his job. Okay. It seemed like he was really good at it, like talking to people and convincing them about investing their money in pyramid schemes. I don't know. Well, I mean, it worked out for him. So obviously he he's good at it. Yeah. And then the, the blurb at the end said that he uh, started his own company and then he sold a minority stake in the company for a multi-million dollar, really vaguely formulated. Yeah. But he got pretty rich, I guess. I bet he had a Ferrari too. I think I read that in the Wikipedia article. He bought Michael Jordan's old Ferrari and <laughs> rode around in, with um, a license plate saying, not MJ. So yeah, he's he's a funny guy. He's he's Will Smith esque. Yeah, <laughs> he has many Will Smith qualities. I guess it was a good casting choice. Ferraris, such a dumb car. <laughs> well, I, they're you know whatever. If you're into cars, that's awesome. But if if that's your if that's your goal to have like a crazy car that doesn't make sense, 
<laughs> then, then awesome. I mean, I understand. Like, if I ever sit in a in a really nice car, I understand why people like them. Nice cars are nice cars, but like, I don't want one. A sports car isn't really a nice car, though. It's it's. Uh... Well, I feel like Ferraris probably have like amazing leather seats. I think they're really hard. I'm sure that they're very difficult to drive. But also the seats are hard. But I don't know. I've, I've haven't had the opportunity to sit in one. Nor have I. I, I drove a, a Porsche once. It's pretty cool. It's hard to drive though. You have to take special rich guy classes. I, I remember a lady at the, uh, the I, when I was in when I lived in Northampton. I worked at a restaurant, and next door was a, kind of a novelty shop. And the woman who owned the novel she, novelty shop was named April something, and she was the ex-wife of the guy who created the ninja turtles what yeah her name is april oh wow get it anyway she drove around town in a red porsche kevin eastman or peter laird eastman okay she used to come in for drinks at the bar at the the rest the, the restaurant that i worked at and one day she was talking about how much it costs to get an oil change for the porsche <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's like 150 bucks for an oil change for an oil change. I don't know what an oil change. Like 20 bucks okay. <laughs> for a normal car. <laughs> or I, I don't know. I haven't had a car for a long time. I, I used to go to Jiffy Jiffy Lube and get an oil change for 20 bucks. Probably so expensive right it now. It probably is. It's probably crazy. But I, I yeah, I'm kind of out of the loop for, for car stuff. But but he he called this section of the of the movie this end section where he's he's starting to realize his dreams. He calls it happiness. He, you know, he, you know, they offer him the job. Yeah. He's like weeping. He runs outside and sort of rejoices in a crowd of people and the, the streets of suited, successful business folk are and then he runs, surrounding him. runs to the daycare. He does. And picks up his son. And hugs him. And hugs him. Because he loves his son. And then they walk down the street telling each other funny jokes. Yeah, which is, which is a nice, I think it was a nice way to end. But I'm just wondering, is it like, so is this happiness though? Or is it relief? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's relief from like they 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 stopped the hamster wheel for for a short period of yeah. time so he can yeah. rejoice, and then uh, <laughs> it goes on, it goes on. Exactly. You can't stop. You can't jump off. Finally, I can rent an apartment and feed my child, <laughs> like like as if that's a luxury. It shouldn't. I mean, it is a luxury for some people, and I feel like it shouldn't be a luxury. For anybody, it should just be... I mean, the, the movie is... It shows a lot of homeless people being around in San Francisco, even in the 80s. And I, I have a feeling, like, from what you hear uh, in the media, it's not gotten any better. I can't imagine that it's gotten any better. It's only gotten... The divide has been gotten much bigger. There's Especially in still, San Francisco. Exactly. And uh, there's all these 23-year-old uh, millionaires and uh, a lot of... A bunch of homeless people shitting in the streets. Yeah. It's very disturbing. Yes. We're... Sounds apocalyptic. Well, it's, it's not just San Francisco. But like when we go back to Boston to visit, if we ride the subway, it's jarring to see how many homeless people there are because you don't really you know there's like sometimes there's a guy at the or a lady at the supermarket yeah here in holland they take care of them and so far as there's a like a, i think there's a, a guaranteed yeah place where you can stay i don't think any of these people are sleeping outside no they're they all have these shelters where they can go to yeah and i think in the in down in the downtown area like they give them an allowance or something because uh, asking for money downtown isn't even 
allowed, I feel. I mean, oh, really? Otherwise, I, would... they do the, the newspaper, the spare change. Yeah. But that's selling a service. Yeah. That's interesting. But like really panhandling, you don't really see it here. Not, not, to, I only see it here at the Albert Hein. But yeah, in, in Germany, uh, I think in Germany, when I visit family there, it's also more visible. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Where are they from? Like my dad's in, in Münster. Even there, Münster is not a, it's like 300,000 people town. Even there, there's people begging for money in the, in the downtown shopping area. And my sister lives in Berlin. Hmm. Yes, you see the, you, yeah, in Berlin, there's a lot of uh, open poverty. And when I used to live in Hamburg, I had a very bad job where I was grinding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> grinding away uh, at the UPS center. I was uh, loading boxes into the brown vans. And uh, that was happening early in the morning. And uh, when I biked there, I always came past the bank buildings downtown. And there was always people sleeping in on the exhaust vents even in winter time mm -hmm. the, the exhaust of the airco so right it was still a little bit warm there you don't really see that kind of stuff in uh, in holland i i have never seen that i used to see it in in boston a lot especially outside of office buildings with giant uh, power plants or whatever you would see people sleeping on grates or outside subway stations where there was some sort of an outlet yeah there was also this rags to riches story about this guy that he had his spot in Münster next to the toy store and uh, there's downtown there's a lot of buildings made from uh, limestone but there was this when he wasn't there you saw this uh, dark silhouette on the wall <laughs> <laughs> and this wow. this guy was always sitting there but then he cleaned himself up and he was he became a, a normie <laughs> hey, where, where, like how what did he do I mean it's Germany so there's uh there are avenues. There are avenues, exactly. If you want to, you can get some funding, you can get a job. The only way to do it in America is to stop peeing and endanger the life of yourself and your child and give up every single bit of your dignity for the possibility of maybe being considered for a job. Or you hope to become a viral hit on TikTok or... Dude, if I knew the secret how to do that, I would. <laughs> you got a TikTok account for the I, pod? I just started it and it's, yeah, it's, it's totally mysterious. I, I, don't, I don't even understand. I think you have to do some kind of dance. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I'll probably stop doing TikTok. If you don't participate in the community... Well, that's... I don't think be that, surprised. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm kind of disgusted by it. Um... <laughs> So I, you should tell them that on TikTok. <laughs> this is disgusting. This is terrible. Anyway, one one of these one of these lists here lists the the key takeaways. They have bullet points of the key takeaways from from this movie, and and one of them is willingness to succeed. Mm -hmm. What does that even mean? I don't know. Don't become content with what you have. Always strive to be better and have more. Is this from SuccessGorilla.com? This is from JohannesLarsen.com. Who's he? I don't know. But it's just the one that has bullet points, so I'm reading it. <laughs> and the third one is strong-minded and confident when delivering your, or I guess it should say be strong-minded and confident when delivering your business message, which I suppose is great advice. But willingness to succeed, 
like you must be willing to succeed. I, I'm not sure exactly. What I guess it's, a, it's this, these are all different ways to say you have to have a confident appearance because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. No. So, but, but what does that mean for someone like say that mentally ill guy that stole the machine, the recurring time machine, homeless person. And if he uh, just, if he just applies himself, he can also become a stockbroker. He can. It's yes. technically it's possible, <laughs> but he lives in a system where nobody even considers him a human. <laughs> yeah. It's just some weirdo stuck in the sixties. I think it's a good movie and I understand why people like it. I just, it just, I just find it a little bit disgusting. I rated it two stars. <laughs> two stars. Whoa. <laughs> I think that's warranted. Okay. Elaborate. No, it's an, it's a good movie. It's, it's. It didn't move me to tears like a lot of the reviews I right. read. That could also have to do with that it had a slight comical effect because I watched it on one point two speed because it was <laughs> <laughs> it was late yesterday and I didn't want to watch a movie for two hours, <laughs> so I I sliced some time. I sliced eight minutes off <laughs> by watching it on one point two speed. It's a good move. <laughs> this this homework assignment. <laughs> no, I think there were a lot of. Good scenes. I mean, Will Smith is a great actor. He is. And the chemistry between him and his son was believable. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like he was his son. Yeah. <laughs> and they had some they had some they had some banging jokes. Uh knock knock jokes. Pretty cool. And knock uh, knock. Who's there? Nobody. Nobody who? Ah, that one was good. I like that one. <laughs> Uh, but it felt like a fairy tale or like watching somebody win a million dollars in in the lottery it's it feels unrealistic Completely. and it sets unrealistic expectations and uh it gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah me too <laughs> it and it it really sets unrealistic expectations and you know you can say yeah but it doesn't matter what you just said because it actually happened. This guy did it. It's like, yeah, yeah pe there are people who defy the odds yeah. all the time, whether at Las Vegas. You know, you could tell a kid that he, if he practices, he can, practices, he can be as good as Michael Jordan. But that's just not true unless you happen to be Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I don't know enough about basketball. I, I, don't, I, I don't know either. Maybe he's he not has as, a, a shoe line, so he's probably pretty he's, successful. I, I'm pretty sure he's good. Or no, LeBron. LeBron is the is is the goat. The goat. I've heard about this guy. Yeah, I don't know about sports either. I mean, I know a little bit about sports, but very little. He was in the latest Space Jam movie, so he must be good. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they chose him for the Space League, or, exactly. You know, to represent the galaxy or against the monsters, maybe. I don't have. I, I haven't. Seen, I didn't see no, it. I, I didn't see I, it. I ain't good. All right. So, but if you gave this, I don't have a rating system. But what gets more than two stars for me? Yeah. Like what are my favorite films or right, what gets three recently? stars? What did I watch recently? Yeah, what did you watch recently that you gave more stars to? Oh, uh, more than two. Hmm. I watched uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs on Netflix, and you gave that more than two stars. I definitely yes, that was hilarious. Okay, I'll maybe I, the kids like that. I haven't watched it though; they saw it somewhere else. It's the guys uh, who also made the Lego film, and I also like the Lego film. The first twenty minutes of the Lego film is pure genius, and it's magic. Yeah, I think the whole movie has. A it's good, but the first twenty minutes—if you just watch the first twenty minutes—it blew my mind. Yeah, Lego mayhem. It was insane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I, I, I think I gave. I guess I rated that like three stars, maybe. Okay. And meatballs. I, the meatballs. The meatballs. Three, okay. three meatballs. 
And I watched uh, Titan recently. It's a French oh, yeah, film. Yeah. It's kind of a a horror film. I I think I gave that four and a half stars because for, out of five because Damn. I I really liked it a lot because yeah. it was this acting tour de force. Yeah. It's it's kind of a horror film at first, but then it becomes something else. It's like two people trying to trying to understand each other and trying to find some feeling for towards each other like huh. in the weirdest thinkable circumstances it's so weird that that film is really crazy i've heard very good things <laughs> notably from another guest on the podcast i really enjoyed it it's it's great the the, the lead actress is completely bonkers whenever she'll be in, an, in another movie i'll make sure You're to see, go it. see it. it's great she's oh it's on my list, but I also I'm not sure that it's something that Marlene would watch. So it's, it's no, it's hard to. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard sell. Yeah, it's it's hard. Sometimes I can convince her to watch stuff with me, and then like ten minutes in, she'll be like, "Okay, I gotta go. This I can't watch. It's too much. It's too loud. It's too it's too violent. It's too whatever." And it's like, yeah, I know, but it's a movie. Um, I also saw four point five stars. Uh, I I gave five stars to the new Park Chan Wook movie, which I saw in the. Uh, in the mm-hmm. cinema, uh, decision to leave. Uh, it's a really nice, subtle police procedural. I saw the poster. It's beautiful. His previous movie, uh, The Handmaiden, is one of my favorite films. I got it. Um, it's in. It's in the queue. It's more than two hours long, so yeah, you can watch it at one and a half speed. I, I think she'll watch. <laughs> I think she'll watch that one with me, though. Yeah, we just has, have to start early because she also needs to go. To bed it has. Early. It has some. Uh, she has a job. Like The Handmaiden has some lewdness <laughs> okay. okay that happens sometimes in films there's some scenes that are that are pretty freaky but uh all in all he i think parson wook he uh, does a great job in balancing some serious stuff with some light-hearted humor and okay. there's this nice shift of tones no i've never seen any of his films not even old boy Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. It's definitely not fresh. A college classic. Yeah. I think it came out in 20 years ago this year. That's why oh. they're showing it now in, in 4K restoration. Right. There are a lot at the Kino now has a lot of stuff coming up that they're 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 like old older films that they're replaying. Uh and I always want I always say, Oh, I go there, I see a trailer and I say, Oh, I'm gonna I wanna go see this, and then I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be great to see some uh, older James Cameron films, but uh, yeah, I, I would, also, I've all, already seen all of them. I know, but I want to go see Terminator on in, in the theater. I never saw Terminator in the theater. True. I saw it 8 million times on VHS, yeah. but I never saw it in the theater. <laughs> T2 or both? The, oh, I, I'm specifically referring to the original one. I like T2 as well, but I, I, I don't know, the first Terminator I just love so much. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then I I don't know, it was some anniversary of something that I a friend sent me an article. They were maybe they were making a new print or they were I don't know, they were doing something. It was being released on Blu-ray. I have no idea what it was. But they it was a, an interview with with uh James Cameron talking about making the film and how they did a lot of it guerrilla style. Like they filmed that night without permits and just went set up Arnold was naked in the street, shot, bang, pack up and get out of there. And then, yeah, just, it was, it, it was like a true, had a, had a true indie cool. vibe. Yeah. I mean, he kind of kept that spirit going when, it, when they shot the, 
you know, in Terminator 2, there's this scene where the helicopter goes over the over under the overpass. I do know, <laughs> yes. And the the uh, the camera guy said he, it's too dangerous. The helicopter pilot said I can do it. Mm -hmm. The camera guy said, I don't want to do it. So James Cameron <laughs> took the camera and he went into the helicopter and he filmed the thing. Damn, son. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Pretty cool. It's super cool. He's, he's good. I like his films. I do too. I do too. Although I've never seen Titanic. I have seen Titanic, but I, I saw it like 15 years after it came out. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen Avatar yet. I'm like... I saw Avatar. I always wait for 10, 15 yeah. years until the hype has died down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard enough about Titanic at this point. I was very resistant. At first, I just didn't end up seeing it. And then it sort of became a point of pride. Like, I never saw that dumb blockbuster movie. And now I'm just kind of like, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm, I mean, why why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Guy makes good movies. He loves it. Yeah. Good. And there's great actors in it. I think Avatar, people are always saying that it, it, like for a film that was for a long time, I think was the highest grossing film yeah. uh, worldwide. It doesn't take in a huge space in the pop culture like no. Star Wars does, even Star Trek. I guess they're trying to re remedy that with 10 new movies that are coming out. The Avatar universe. <laughs> avatar reverse. I think when the second one comes out, I'm going to watch the first one. They'll probably re-release it. I'm sure they will. I, they'd be foolish not to. What else gets uh, high marks? What well, gets five stars? I'm just curious. I mean, I'm a. I grew up in the '90s, so I I like a lot of Tarantino stuff. It's yeah. the usual stuff, I guess. All right. I like the Coen Brothers stuff. I think I had there's in in Letterbox. You can put uh, my name is at flow at in on Letterbox. Please give me a follow. <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can put four movies up there, and I have uh, Fargo up there. Nice. And Spirited Away, I guess. Ooh. It's also a great film. It is. And um, this a little bit obscure uh, Austrian film called Import-Export by Ulrich Seidel, who also made Hundstage, which is maybe a bit better known. Not by me. Yeah, it's <laughs> Austrian art house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, The Handmaiden, those are the four that are up those there. Those are the films that represent you. Yes, exactly. Import-Export. Wow. I saw it at the International Film Festival here in Rotterdam. And the guy at the Ulrich Seidel, the director, was there. Oh, that's kind of cool. And he was talking about how they shot the whole thing in sequence. What? Yeah, they shot the film in sequence. I was so impressed by that. Because, that but they're amazing. also, they're doing, um, it's like a, a travel from Eastern Europe towards Austria. Oh, so they kind of eat, like for for budget budgetarily, it I makes mo the most sense yeah. to do that if and the location. There's a, a sequence role. in it that's, that's filmed in a, a derelict apartment complex. That's half built that wasn't finished or, I don't know, in some decrepit uh, Eastern European state and uh, Roma have taken over that building. This is a real place that exists in the world and the, the people who live there, there's no plumbing or community services or anything. They just throw their trash out the back of the house oh, and man. there's a huge pile of trash behind the house. It, yeah, it's very, and there's some tense scenes happening in there as well. It's ah, so great. Yeah, I'll check that out. I, I, I check out pretty much anything. But then I also said that I was going to check out uh, Titan like, I don't know, a year ago. Did you check I, out uh, Ash Inspire? I did. I did. Uh, and also, what was the other one? Ithaca? Ithaca, yeah. And um, 
This is music now we're talking about. This is about. music. We've shifted over. We've shifted over. Just to give you a flavor of what you're what you're 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 getting into. You're you know, you've got these people talking about this movie. We're not actual movie reviewers. Jim gave me homework for this podcast, but when we when we take a walk together, I always give you a lot of homework. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just good to get homework. That's it's good to get that sort of homework. It's good to get outside sources of information. And I hope that that you know maybe this is benefiting you as well. You're going to be like, oh, what was he talking about? This Austrian guy, like, because you know, I mean, a lot of you American people who listen to this, you probably don't look at Austrian movies. <laughs> I, I I used to I used to watch tons of art house movies back back in the day when I lived in America. And I can tell you that one of the countries that I was not watching movies from was Austria. I did watch some German ones though. Yeah, das Boot. Yeah, <laughs> das Boot, and and uh, yeah, like Lola uh, Laurent. Mm. Oh yeah, that's and, great. Uh, Franka Potente. She's from Dülmen. That's near in Münster. Oh nice. Yes. She's great. Yeah, she's pretty cool. The Kriegerin, the Kaiserin, the Born Identity. Yeah, she was in that. Or uh, uh, die Born Identität. <laughs> and uh, yeah, anyway, she's great. She she kind of had like a mainstream well yeah born identity i guess was her mainstream american crossover and then like what she was too old or something so she didn't get any more roles <laughs> maybe she was uh, she had um, pursued happiness for a long enough time yeah, and she got her ferrari and yeah. she checked out good for her uh ash inspire has this um part in one of i think it's the first song it goes like um always three months to the gutter never three months to the crown <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty fitting to this to this film. It is because that's the reality for most people. Well, do, do you think we uh, spoke enough about how what a nightmare world this film sketched? Ayn <laughs> Ayn Randian libertarian exactly. nightmare. That's what it is. Kind yeah. of. I don't know what it is. All I know is that they're selling something that obviously I'm not buying because yeah, maybe it's because I'm lazy and I am comfortable enough with the privilege that I have. And I also don't want a Ferrari. I have no desire to be a stockbroker. So you don't have a willingness to succeed. That's what they're suggesting, which which bothers me. How do you measure success? I think the film, how does anybody the, measure the film success? Doesn't it doesn't measure it? It it one to one relates money to happiness. Well, that that's the thing. They start off like showing the Ferrari is the catalyst for yeah. the for the for the thing, and then they go through. They're going all these rich neighborhoods. He's talking about how happy all these suited business people are. He's basically tortured for two hours, and then in the last scene, he talks about finally reaching happiness, which in this case is literally him being able to supply food and lodging to his child. Yeah. That's not really the message that's coming through, though. The message is that with the blurb that, that they display after the after the show is he sold his company for millions of yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all about millions of dollars. and and But the reality is that it shouldn't be so hard. Basic necessities for his family is what made him happy. And it wasn't even like, yes, your relief brings happiness. But if, technically, if we're going to be specific with language, it wasn't even happiness. It was relief. Yeah from a, at least a month arguably more depending on how you want to look at his life and career of being tortured yeah i like the scene where the uh, kid said we could go back to the cave by which he meant the the men's <laughs> the men's bathroom yeah we could go back to the cave and then will smith said no nah, i don't want to do that again <laughs> some things 
are only good the first time and then you don't want to do them anymore. And then the kid says, oh, like riding the bus. 10-4. <laughs> totally. So good. Which they're doing constantly. <laughs> all the time. They're sprinting with all their, their worldly belongings yes. towards the next bus to make a connection so he can get to the stupid shelter on time. <sighs> it's torturous. It's grueling. It's really, really, it's really hard to watch. It's uh, more horrible than many horror films I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever people ask what my favorite horror movie is, I always say Apocalypse Now because like the mental horror of that movie is so deep and intense, but this is, it's a similar thing. It's just a constant flow of cortisol. <laughs> Anyone who's going through this in their life must just be freaking out. Yeah. Like they're constantly in fight or flight mode. Yeah. Yes. We are privileged that we, we really live are in this uh, kind of semi-socialist. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't had a job going on two years and you're er earning I mean, a lot of podcast money, right? Oh, oh yeah. All the sponsors. Oh yeah. Just rolling in. <laughs> no, and it's it's stressful and it causes me great anguish. But I'm not worried about food. Yeah. Or where I'm going to live. Also, you have a, a lady that works a lot. She does. And she doesn't yell at me like that shrew. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really gave her a bad rap in this movie. They could, they could have gone a little bit more in depth. Exactly. There was probably in the book, there's some extra circumstances. But in the film, they glossed over it. Yeah. In a major way. I, I think we're done. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything that you want to share with the people of the the feel free to deviate universe i think i've said enough <laughs> i don't know i already said my letterbox handle is flow f-l-o right I, I got in early yeah you don't think i'll be able to get jim if i try uh well you can always try yeah trying is the keys to success i've heard <laughs> uh okay bye thanks okay. a lot bye so what do you think should this become a recurring topic on the show Those movie lists are long, so there's no shortage of material. If I do this again, I will definitely outline the episode first. This was a bit haphazard. As I was editing it, I, I actually found it pretty easy to follow, but that could also be because I just watched the film. Let me know what you think. I thought it was fun, and I think Florian liked it too, so maybe we'll do it again sometimes, or maybe I'll do it with, a, with another previous guest. I have a couple people in mind. Since some of the movie lists that I looked at online included bullet points, I will include a few bullet points of my own here. Bullet point one, the Ferrari is a symbol that represents a level of success. It's a carrot dangled before the protagonist and the viewer. Bullet point two, this film promotes the idea that unhealthy and unrealistic work hacks and abuse of employees is a reasonable avenue for success. Bullet point three, Despite knowing that the primary goal is food and shelter, the system that this movie exists in is fully aware of human nature and the desire for more. Thus the Ferrari. Thus the acceptance of crappy work situations and the willingness to torture oneself for the possibility of maybe being amply rewarded. Bullet point four. If everyone could look at things the way the kid in this movie does, the world would be a more equitable place. He has a very practical list of needs and wants. Bullet point five, not everyone has the ability to press their nose quite this hard into the grindstone for various reasons. Some people have no support network or mental illness, generational poverty, racial or cultural inequality, education, 
Suggesting that anyone can do it if they try is not necessarily impossible, but it is unrealistic. The protagonist in this film is charming and charismatic, as well as being capable. There are scores of people in the world who are quite capable without being charming, charismatic, or having some other ace in the hole that will rocket them towards the number one position. Also consider neurodiversity or social disorders that make it exceedingly difficult for some people to communicate the way that someone like Will Smith does. Bullet point six. This is not the way to prove yourself at work, or it shouldn't be. It's a good way to age rapidly and die young, unless you happen to be the best and rise several levels up. Destroying yourself to prove your worth only works if you are the Will Smith character. Movies like this are used to encourage people to burn the candle at both ends. And the final bullet point, I am fully aware that he did not need to shoot for the elite stockbroker position. But since the film shows up on every inspirational slash success film list that I looked at, I believe it's safe for me to think of it as an industry standard success story or a role model candidate. That's how it's often received, and I'm not making this up. That's why it's on all those lists. But sure, I suppose he could have just gotten a job that wasn't elite stockbroker. He could have settled for the astronaut position. So the moral of my story is that they made a nice movie that people respond to, but but please be wary of what you're watching and try to think about what message is being sent. If you want to know more about Florian's thoughts and feelings about the films that he watches, he's Flo, that's F-L-O, on Letterboxd. There's a link in the show notes. As always, check me out on Instagram at feelfreetodeviate. Like, follow, interact. Tell your friends. Also, check out buymeacoffee.com slash feelfree. It's just feel free, no deviation. It's a quick, easy, and painless way to fiscally support this podcast if you'd like to. Most of all, thanks for listening. I, I really appreciate it, and I know that you have lots of options out there, and I'm glad that you chose to spend some of your time with me. I'll be back in two weeks with something, but I'm not entirely sure who the next victim will be as of this moment. All right, that's all. Bye. Bye.